You are listening to the Impact Church Podcast. To learn more about Impact Church, visit us online at impactharlem.org. You can also check us out on social media. It's great to be with you guys today. If you weren't aware, it is Father's Day. So happy Father's Day to all the fathers. Uh, Father's Day is a lot like Mother's Day, just without the gifts and the showering of love and all that. So I, I remember hearing a story about a, a dad. He was a new dad, and he he had a little baby, and the little baby was sleeping. And while the little baby was sleeping, the dad walked in to the little baby's room, and he just begins to stare at the baby. And he's looking, and he's looking, and his wife kind of walks by and stops at the door, and she sees this taking place. And if you're a woman, you can kind of just picture this. Man, that's so sweet. My husband is just admiring our new baby. So she stands there just a little while, and then she finally walks in, and she puts her hand on her husband's shoulder. And she's got this big glow on her face. And the husband looks up at his wife and says, I don't know how they made this crib for $49.99. That was funnier than that. Um, So last week we started a new series called Filters. We talked about the deception of temptation. And we looked at how temptation filters sin and makes it look like something that it's not. We, We saw how the enemy uses different tricks and schemes and he's crafty and he's cunning and we saw that he begins to get us to distort and to deny the truth of God's word and then once that happens it's just so easy to fall into sin and while I love this series filters we're going to step back from that this week for Father's Day and then we'll pick back up in filters next week so today what I want to talk about and it's not just for fathers so if you think that you come to church and it's Father's Day and you're going to hear a message about being a great father that that's not the case today the case today is I believe that God has called each one of us as a Christ follower to be a leader in some sense. He's called us to either lead a family or to lead at work or to lead on a on an athletic field or to lead in a life group or a small group. He's called us to do something as a Christ follower in regards to leading. So this morning I want to talk about leading well and what that looks like. And if you are a father in the room, then this just applies to you to lead your home well, to lead your kids well, and to lead your family well. But for everyone else that may not be a father, this message is still for you because we are called to lead. And we're going to be in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 this morning. And I want to tell you a story. I'm still learning how to be a decent leader at home. Okay, I have three beautiful kids they're all amazing. Most of you know them. Uh, most of you know which one is the, the rowdy one. And I'm just, this learn from home stuff that we had to do just was not fun for me. I had to literally teach my kids stuff that I thought they should have already known. And um, that's just not my calling. I'm not called to teach kids. So 
I'm going to tell you this story, and some of you have heard this, but I was trying to teach Ansley, who was five years old, who was in kindergarten. I was trying to teach her the the four seasons. So the four seasons are pretty simple, right? We have fall, winter, spring, and summer. And I thought I could say those four seasons to her, and she would repeat them back to me. That did not happen. So I said the four seasons to her, and she said something about cheesecake and brownies. I don't know. So I know that kids learn by looking at stuff and visuals. So I pulled up a a cute little video on YouTube that sang the four seasons. And it didn't have hand motion, so we put hand motions to it. So we do this song, and I'm in the kitchen looking like a fool with the, the summer, and the there's a lot that goes to this. And we do this three, four, or five times, and I'm like, okay, she's got it. We turn the song off, said, hey, tell me the four seasons. And she names two. And she just can't remember the other two, even though we just did the song five times. So I'm getting frustrated, if you can believe that. So we do the song a few more times and then ask her the four seasons. And she names the other two that she didn't name the time before. So this is all just is blowing up. I'm getting a little louder and louder with my five-year-old until the point that she just walks away from me. And not only does she walk away from me, but she starts crying. So at this point, as a, as a dad, as a leader, I have just defeated my daughter. So for one, my heart's broke. For two, I know that when her mama gets home and finds out I'm in trouble. So I'm still learning this leadership thing. I'm still learning how to lead well. So this message today is for all of us. And I want to give you three attributes of leading well. So let's read 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, starting in verse 10. It says, You are witnesses, and God also, how holy and righteous and blameless was our conduct toward you believers. For you know how, like a father with his children, we exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. God, I just pray that you speak this morning. And I pray that your spirit continues to move. God, and that we leave this place better spiritual leaders than when we came in. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So three attributes, really, really quickly. I don't want to keep you too long because it is Father's Day, and I want you to be able to go celebrate. Number one is, if you're taking notes, is this. The first attribute is a worthy walk. A worthy walk. We see in verse 10, Paul says, You are witnesses and God also. How holy and righteous and blameless was our conduct toward you believers. So he uses three words here in verse 10 to explain his walk and how his walk was worthy. He uses holy, righteous, and blameless. And before you kind of check out on that and say, man, there's no way I can be holy. There's no way I can be righteous. There's no way I can be blameless. I want to break these down for you just a little bit so you kind of understand exactly what Paul was saying. So if we look at the word holy here in the Greek, this is describing one's duty toward God. So this isn't saying holy as without sin. This is saying, hey, we we have a duty toward God. 
We have a duty toward God and the spiritual disciplines that we have in our life show that we're living a life for Christ. So I'm going to ask you some tough questions this morning. You don't have to answer them out loud. But I want you to be honest with yourself. When we talk about spiritual disciplines, when we talk about studying Scripture, when we talk about communicating with God on a regular basis and through prayer, when we talk about serving other people like Jesus served, how are you doing in your life as a leader? How is your walk? Are you spending time reading the Bible and studying? Are you spending time in prayer with God? Are you serving other people? Are you really truly showing love? Because of the spiritual disciplines in Paul's life, that really gave him the authority to lead. So when he's writing this letter to this church, they're paying attention to what he's saying because he has the authority because of what Christ has already done in his life and the way that he continues to live and chase after Jesus. So if we want to be leaders, if we really want to have the authority to lead, then it starts with a worthy walk. A walk that is holy in terms of our spiritual disciplines and spending time with Jesus. And then he says righteous. And in the Greek, this means stresses one's relationship to men in a manner consistent with the directives of the word. So in just to sum that up, it's honesty, it's being equitable, it's being fair. And this is this is when it gets tough as a as a leader and a Christ follower to me is, man, how am I going to be fair to the people that I lead? How am I going to treat them fairly? Because they don't act the same. They're at different levels. So maybe you're a spiritual mentor for someone and you don't even know it. Maybe if you thought of yourself as a spiritual mentor right now, you would just laugh because there's no way that you're leading anyone spiritually. But I want to tell you that as you claim Christ, there's people that don't believe that are looking at you as a Christ follower. And at that moment, you you become a spiritual leader to that person in the way that you live your life. So are you treating people fairly? Are you being equitable? Are you being honest? With people. I'm a, I, we're going to ask questions all morning. And I really want you guys to, to leave this place today with a clear understanding of where you are as a leader. And then a step forward in a direction to be even better. So Paul goes on to say blameless. Blameless. It really means free from charge or blame. Free from charge or blame. Now, this doesn't mean that people don't accuse you of something. It means that the charges can't stick. Because as we talked about in our This Is Now series, the enemy's going to throw some some rumors. And he's going to try to discredit you and he's going to try to get you away from the work that God's doing. But if we're truly living the life that God's called us to live, if our walk is truly worthy then the charges can't stick, and they won't. Paul was accused of all kinds of stuff. Paul was thrown into prison multiple times. But it was, it was all for living life.
the way that God called them to live. And then at the end of verse 10, he says, our conduct towards you believers. And this reminds us of one of the most important principle, spiritual principles, and that is just being an example. Being, a, being an example. So as a father, I know that my kids are watching everything that I do. And I know that because they repeat it. Amen. And then when you do something that you, you probably shouldn't have done and they repeat it, it's like, oh no, that's not the one I wanted you to repeat. I wanted you to repeat this one where I hugged your mama and kissed her and told her how beautiful she was. Not when I told her that whatever else I said. But that's what they seem to remember the most. They're watching what you do. And not just your biological children. So I'm not just talking to parents. People at work, Christian, watch what you do. People at the, at the sports fields, they watch how you act as a parent. When your little Johnny doesn't get to play because he's not really good, but you think he is. And how you react to that. Or maybe there's somebody picking on, picking on your kid. And you, you want to handle it. And I get it. Or maybe at work your boss is just not a very good person. And he doesn't claim to be a Christian. So guess what? The, the non-believers aren't looking to him to see what Christ is like. They're looking at you because you claim to be a Christian. So the way that you live will give you authority or not to lead well. We have to be the example that God's called us to be. But not only a worthy walk, number two is worthy words. The first part of verse 12 says, we exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you. So here I want to point out that Paul says we encouraged or we exhorted each one of you. So not only was it a group effort, but he took time to build relationships individually with people. He took time to be personal with people. So as a father, man, I could fall into the trap of I have three kids and I'm just going to group all three of my kids together and we're always going to just have some, some development together as a family. And that there's, there's power in that. But man, there's a lot of power in taking each kid individually and just pouring into them. And that's what Paul does as he begins to develop other leaders. So just remember that as you're working or whatever you are, wherever you are as a leader, not only as a group, but, but build relationships with people. Be relational. And this is in the present tense, which means that it's not something that Paul did one time and stopped. It's something that Paul did and continued to do. So this is something that we must continue to do. So what are the things? He said we exhorted. Which means, hey, we exhorted, we encouraged to a certain type of conduct. This is how we want you to act. This is how we want you to live. And then he says we encouraged. And exhorted and encouraged kind of sound the same. But I want you to see that in the Greek, exhort means, hey, we want you to live this way. And encouraged is more of a, hey, we're going to console you as a leader. We're going to be there for you when you fall. We're going to lift you up. 
And then we're going to help you to continue living the way that we exhorted you to live. And that's, that's one of the reasons we, we have church on Sundays. Right? So we, we come here to praise Jesus. Amen? We come here to lift up the name of Jesus. That's why we start with, with worship through music. So we can just be free and we can worship however we feel led to worship. And we can lift up a God who loves us. A God who, in our sinful nature, sent His Son Jesus to die for us anyway. And we get to lift Him up. And we get to worship. And then we get to a point in the service where we open up God's Word. Again, a time to worship. And worship through the studying and the hearing of His Word. And usually, on Sunday mornings, we're exhorted to a certain type of of life. But also on Sundays, we're encouraged to continue to live that life. And in life groups, we're encouraged to, to continue taking steps of faith together. And in life groups, when somebody's struggling, they have a group of people there to encourage them and to console them and to lift them up because we're not supposed to do life alone. I don't know if you've ever tried to get through a crisis alone, but it's no fun. But when you have a community of people with worthy words, man, it makes it a lot easier. And then he says, charged. Since we exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you. And charges, literally, he charged them. He challenged them. He challenged them. And that's what we're called to do to lead well. We challenge our kids all the time. I challenged Ansley to learn her four seasons. She didn't meet that challenge at the beginning. But I'll tell you what, a couple days later, someone came over and asked her four seasons because they knew the story and she rattled all four seasons off to them like it was nothing. So I think she may be mad on purpose. But the, the first attribute of leading well is just a worthy walk. It's to live right. It's to have conduct that includes spiritual discipline. And then worthy words, where we, we don't tear people down. Man, we're in a place right now in America where people are tearing people down left and right. Man, I tell you what, I've pretty much tried to stay off of social media because social media just magnifies the mess. There's so, so much hate in people's words. People that probably a lot of times don't really even know what they're saying. They're saying it in ignorance or in anger or in just whatever emotion they're going through, but it's not in Christ a lot of times. So the words aren't worthy. So they're not leading well. We're going to be honest this morning. If we want to lead well, then our words should be exhorting people. It should be encouraging people. They should charge people and challenge people to live the same life that we're trying to live. Come on, man. Somebody say amen. amen. If it's a God, like. Number three is worthy wants. Worthy wants. So this is why they're doing it. 
So look at the end of verse 12. It says to walk in a manner worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. This is, this is what they're leading toward. This is their desire for the people they're leading. So if you're a father, the desire for your kids should be for them to, to live a worthy life and to live a life of kingdom significance. And that's anybody that you lead spiritually. So this, this drives home the principle that, hey, everything that we're leading you to do should be infused with Jesus. Jesus should be a part of everything that you do. It should be done to glorify him. But I want you to see something because this is important. We could never actually be worthy of his kingdom. So we're saying, hey, we want them to live a worthy life and we want to have a worthy walk and we want to use worthy words. But the truth of the matter is we on our own could never be worthy enough for the kingdom. So worthy here is used in the aspect of the manner in which we walk. The things that we continue to try to strive for. It's not saying that, hey, I'm going to be worthy because of the way I live for salvation. Because we know that that's not how it works. We know that salvation is a free gift. It's God's grace poured out on sinners. And once we get that, so we're sealed in salvation. But God doesn't stop calling us after salvation. So church, this is where a lot of Christians get it wrong. We get salvation, we experience it, we accept the grace and the love of Jesus in our lives. And it's because of our sin that we need a Savior. And we see that and we acknowledge that. And His, His strengths are made even more known in our weaknesses. But we know that when we receive salvation, we're, we're sealed. And then a lot of times we say, hey, man, we got it. And then we walk away. But God doesn't stop. He calls you unto himself to give you salvation. And then he continues to call you to live a life for him. This is where we have to, to dig in. We have to understand this morning that if we want to lead well, it's not just calling ourselves a Christ follower. It's having a worthy walk. It's having a worthy walk where we see spiritual disciplines in our life. Where we study. Where we communicate with God through prayer. It's using worthy words. Lifting people up. Challenging people to live the life that God has called them to live. And then we have to have worthy wants. And our desire should always be for people to succeed in Christ. So number one, our desire should be for people to accept Jesus, to experience salvation. And number two, our desire should be for people to make a difference for the kingdom of God. And that's, and that's why we started this church. That's why the purpose of this church is no grow show for people to know God's love, to experience salvation, 
to grow in that and then to show that to others by leading well. By leading well. So the the example of the Apostle Paul here is, is amazing. He lived a life that was holy and righteous and blameless. Not meaning that he was without sin. It meant that he practiced spiritual disciplines on a consistent basis. It meant that any charge thrown at him couldn't stick. If a charge was thrown at you this morning, could it stick? Could somebody say that you mistreated them? Could somebody say that you you berated them? Could somebody say that you tried to set them up for failure instead of success? Could a charge like that stick against you this morning? If so, I'm afraid that maybe you're not leading very well. And as a father, what would your kids say? Now, I understand they would say a lot of stuff. But if you dug in and you really asked, what would they say about you as a father? And what are your desires for people? Maybe before today you've never even considered yourself a spiritual leader. Maybe because you, you're not a father that you've never considered leading anyone spiritually. But I want you to know that as a Christ follower, that falls on your shoulders in some sense. It doesn't mean that you're going to be a pastor or that you're going to even be a life group leader, that you're going to teach any kids with impact kids. It simply means that people are looking at you as a Christ follower. What do they see? Are you leading well? Now, to, to wrap this up, leading well only comes after knowing Jesus. So that's kind of where I want to I want to close out this morning giving you the opportunity to understand that because of our sin we need a savior. And I really truly believe that there's people in this room even though it's a small crowd that have never truly made the decision to follow Jesus. And I'm going to give you the opportunity this morning So the Bible tells us, and we can just look at our actions and know that, man, we're sinners. We've sinned. We we do things that are outside of God's will. And because of that sin, we deserve an eternity in hell. That's the truth. We deserve an eternity in hell because of our sin and our brokenness and our separation from God. But God loved us so much. Not because of anything we did. We saw last week that He created man. Then He created a partner for man, a woman. And they sinned. They sinned. And since then, sin has been a part of our world. And that sin separates us from from God a holy, righteous God. So he had a plan. And his plan was, I know you're a sinner. I know that you you don't care about me. I know that you're living a life that 
is completely apart from the way I want you to live life. But guess what? I'm going to send my son Jesus to the earth to take the form of a man to lead well. To have a worthy walk. A holy walk. No sin. A righteous walk. A blameless walk. He used worthy words and he encouraged people. He exhorted people to live a certain way. He encouraged them to continue living that way. And then he challenged them. And there's multiple examples from Scripture. But man, he would he would save someone and then say, hey, go and sin no more. He challenged people. And he was brutally murdered on a cross. Beaten. For something he didn't even deserve. We deserve that. Our sin was placed upon Jesus. And because of His amazing love, He took that for us. And then He was buried and then three days later defeated death. He defeated death. Which means for us that if we accept what Jesus did for us, if we recognize that we're sinners and our sin has separated us from God, and then we say, hey, I, I know my need for a Savior. And I know what Jesus did for me. And I'm accepting that and I'm believing that. And I'm committing to live my life for Him. We don't have to experience death because He defeated it. And there's no way we can lead well until we get to that place of having a relationship with Jesus. And I don't want anyone leaving this room today without having taken that step of knowing Jesus. And don't think you have to get cleaned up before you come to Jesus. Jesus will take care of that part. Just understand your need for a Savior this morning. Understand the, the magnitude of what He did for you. So this is something not to play with. This is eternity. Eternity is at stake for you. And I want you to lead well. But even more than that, I want you to know Jesus. So I'm going to ask you to stand with me this morning. And 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open up the altar this morning, which was not planned to do today. But I, I feel like there's people that, that maybe need to just come and pray and say, hey, I'm not leading very well, and I want to lead better. I want my walk to be worthy. I want my words to be worthy. And I want my wants for others to be worthy. And then I, I believe with all my heart that there's people in this room, there's someone in this room, they haven't made the step to follow Jesus. They haven't made that decision. And I'm going to be down here up front for you to come and, and talk to and I'll pray with you. You can come and pray on your own. And we're not going to prolong it. But I'm going to pray for us. If everybody will close your eyes. And then as soon as I get done praying, the altar is going to be open for you. God, we love you. We thank you. God, I pray for people this morning. I pray for the heart that you're dealing with. I pray that they take a step of faith either to this altar to, to pray and pour their hearts out for God come and speak to me about salvation. Or God, even if they don't come down front, I pray that where they're standing or where they're sitting, that they make whatever decision it is you have for them to make. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast. For this and other messages, visit us online at impactharlem.org. In the meantime, you can subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it on iTunes, and share it with your friends on social media. Once again, thanks for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast.